You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I have been helping a lot of my friends take their business ideas and turn them into purposeful businesses. If you have a business idea and you want to get a business plan together, get a lean canvas together, or you simply want to know how to get a a presence online or social media presence, I am your girl. I now provide that service. You can find out more on our website, um, bestmorningroutineever.com. Go under the show up tab. Because the show up aspect is you showing up on purpose. It's showing up to live your purpose. And we talk about get up, dress up, and show up. You get up with the morning routine app. You get up with the morning routine podcast. You do more your morning routine. You dress up. We have a new product as well. The Smart Magic eye mirror and that helps you with your calendar on there showing you how to be productive how to be your best self as you get ready and groom in the morning you see your traffic update you see your your calendar view you you see everything you need to prepare you for the day and even affirmations those positive affirmations we used to use sticky notes but now it can be automatically uploaded into your magic mirror and now the show up piece of it starting your own business you have this idea you have this talent but don't know how to get it to the world i can provide you with the support you need to get clarity on that vision but also to get you started with a business plan that can get you funding with a lean canvas to help you reach and talk to investors so that is the um the morning routine package okay you can find out more at um, bestmorningroutineever.com all right let's get to the show Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lubid Adeko. And today, you know, I have another hypnotherapist coming on the show and I am excited to bring him on. His name is Norman Plotkin. He is certified clinical hypnotherapist in private practice in Sacramento, actually. After his lifestyle made him sick and his illness changed the course of his life, he decided to find meaning in the experience and vow to never again engage in the behaviors that led to his illness. I mean, that's a lot of us. So it's exciting to have him here. Now, he did a deep dive into research that was off the conventional path. His research led him to understand how cancer really develops and how our own role in that development and how we can reverse the action, behaviors, and even the emotions that are reignited, um, that are part of the process to reignite our powerful immune system so that it can start healing and work as it's intended. So with no further ado, Norman, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yes, it's a pleasure. Now, we're going to geek out on the neuroscience, the subconscious mind, and all that good stuff. But before we dive in, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your journey thus far. Yeah, so I'm like on my fourth life. So <laughs> uh, I, I, didn't, I went into the Marine Corps right out of high school and, and uh, did a tour in the Marine Corps. And then I, uh, then I worked in the oil fields and then in rock plant like Fred Flintstone, making little rocks out of big <laughs> rocks. And then my brother was killed in a car accident and it kind of woke me up. So I moved in with my mom, went back to college and I, I was in a hurry. Now I'm 25 and mm-hmm. in a big hurry. I was on my way to law school, but uh, I was actually in, I went to Palomar in North County in San Diego. And then mm-hmm. I transferred to Sac State 
And within the first semester, I had a job in the Capitol and it began a 25-year career from staffer to consultant. I ran campaigns. I became a lobbyist and had my own lobbying firm. I lobbied for the medical association, the doctors. At one point, I was the health committee consultant in the state assembly. And uh, I did that a 25-year career. But, you know, I love the public policy and the strategy and whatnot, but it's politics. It's dirty. It really, I ended up not living my truth. So I got sick. I had papillary carcinoma, which is thyroid cancer, which is your throat chakra. Because I was a lobbyist and spoke for others. I didn't have my authentic voice in the world. But it took me a while to figure that out. And so as a result of that, and in response to that, I took an entirely different direction. And teachers began to appear. And I really took a deep dive into why I'm here. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And I was divinely led to a college of hypnotherapy in, in LA and 18 mm-hmm. months of training and, and to residency. And, and today, now, as I see clients and they always leave happier than when they came, I realize I've, I've found my soul's purpose, but it's been a journey. And yeah. It's, it's never, never really you know, straightforward. It takes twists and turns and teachers appear and effort and, and going within. Yeah. I, I like that. It, you said it's, it's never a narrow road to finding your purpose. And I, and I believe a lot of us struggle with that early on in our, in our career, in our life, because we, we do what's the next best thing, you know, um, okay, we're 18, we should go to the military. Okay, no problem. And then that's your, that was your first life, as you mentioned. And then we come out now, what's next? And you found yourself in politics for over 25 years. And it's interesting that, you know, finding the purpose always brings us back home, always going, brings us back within. And then that's when, you know, you find the, the started the hypnotherapy, but you said something interesting when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Who is the teacher? I had many teachers. Um, Wayne Dyer, mm-hmm. the power of intention was a great book was the first kind of my seminal book that what that, Help me understand that I wanted to put myself into the service of others. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my mom was a powerful servant and I, I saw her her whole life uh, helping others. And that was the, kind of the first big move. I saw him speak at a Hay House conference in Pasadena. Wow. Uh, another teacher, Carolyn Meese, M-Y-S-S, Carolyn Meese, Anatomy of the Spirit was a good, a great book that helped me kind of take responsibility and understand mm-hmm. why we don't heal. Yeah. That we hold on to our problems and that we have a role in our own health issues and that we have to get to the root of why we're holding on to these things. Mm-hmm. And Deepak Chopra, Quantum Healing, another outstanding book to understand the regenerative power, regenerative power of our bodies and the natural chemistry within us and the yeah. intelligence of our organs and our chemistry, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that Wayne Dyer, he's always saying he's, he's an amazing and I follow him as well. His mantra is how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I serve? And he does that every time before he goes out to an audience. So it's not about selling a book. It's how can he serve the people in the audience? How can he yeah. be present? And he does a really good job at showing us how to be how to be that way. It's interesting, um, Norman, that you said we need to take a role of uh, responsibility in our health. And I cannot agree more because it's not just the physical, you know, eat healthy, exercise, 
we're talking about something deeper, deep rooted, subconscious, emotional blockage, like things we're not aware of that are driving our behavior, driving diseases to appear. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, well, our self-talk is super important because we're listening. Every cell in our body is listening to our onboard conversation. And, you know, from zero to eight years old, we are in hypnosis. We are completely suggestible. We're mirroring and matching the people in our zone of influence. And that's when our programming is laid down. So when I sit down with someone and do a consultation and, and begin to help, it's always I go to childhood and family structures. And th- this is when the things are laid down. And so it's difficult to depart from that if uh, these things you know, begin in childhood and then develop and then they come out in, in interesting and different ways later in life. Yeah. You're, triggered, you're triggered later in life when by a subsequent trauma or something and, and it comes back to you. We also have you know, complex mechanisms like the inner protector. There are things like secondary gain. Like, what are you getting from holding on to this? You know, we all know people who get onto social media and talk about in great detail their diverticulitis or whatever, whatever it is, their ailment. And, and so you ask, you know, what are they getting? Are they getting sympathy, attention? Uh, and so no, no manner of, uh, of help is going to uh, be beneficial to them because they, they, deep down, it's their identity. They're it's identified. Crutch. Right? It's, it's a, a crutch. crutch. Almost. Yeah. That's right. And so uh, one of the toughest parts for me to learn was that I had a role in creating my own cancer. And when I understood, it's a very empowering notion, right? At first, it's people push back against, I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. But when you come to understand that you did have a role, it's empowering because now you understand that you can have a role in moving past it. And Mm -hmm. cancer is a, it's a message and uh, it's important to go deep down and within yourself and, and try and understand the message of cancer. If you don't, you'll be reassigned. <laughs> and if you do, then it can lead to meaningful growth and expansion and becoming helpful to others. Yeah. And you can help others do the same, heal the same. So tell us about how you used be it hypnotherapy, because I understand that we are operating 95% of the time from the subconscious mind, which is the programming, the deep programming that you were talking about, right? From ages, I think you said one to eight or one to seven. And we're in this deep trance and people are saying things to us, parents, friends, school, and we're drawing a conclusion. It's becoming our identity. And then we live out of that space 95% of the time. It's almost like we're on autopilot. How can we begin the healing process when we only use 5% of the creative mind where we are present? Yeah, it's a challenge because the the 5% that we think is in control, the conscious mind, which is analysis, reason, logic, Mm -hmm. and decision-making and willpower, all it does is take in the information from our senses and then it measures it against our programming. And if if what the conscious mind is dealing with does not align with the subconscious, it will create a rationalization. And I'll give you a, a real easy example. And that is, you're not born liking cigarettes. But somewhere along the line, it became okay, peer pressure, or your parents, you saw your parents or whatever. And you can look at the box 
And right on the box, it says, warning, the Surgeon General says this is going to kill you. But if your subconscious mind has accepted it, you're going to come up with a rationalization. Well, Aunt Sally smoked two packs a day and she lived until she was 93 years old, right? Or uh, I was going to die anyway and I would just be old and, and it'll never happen to me. So this is how the conscious mind comes up with a rationalization to overcome the incongruency with the subconscious programming. And it's really important. And oftentimes we can't see it. We're too close. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I do is I help people see that I connect the dots and I take a deep dive into their history and their family structure and their childhood experiences often always mm -hmm. reveal to me the complex psychosocial factors that have led them to where they are. Yeah. So how is um, the subconscious mind, we can start talking about therapy now, how is it beneficial in the healing process? Well, the subconscious mind controls everything. Mm -hmm. It keeps your temperature 98.6, whatever your resting heart rate is, 60 or whatever, whatever yours is, it keeps it there. And the subconscious mind always wants to bring the physical body back to homeostasis. Right. And so similarly, it and from a behavioral standpoint, the subconscious mind wants to keep you in, in homeostasis. So, for example, you don't have to keep learning how to ride a bike. Right. right. The subconscious mind remembers how to ride the bike. You get on there, you ride the bike. Mm -hmm. or drive a stick shift or any number of repetitive measures that, that keep you from having to relearn these things over and over. But it's that same thing that keeps you stuck in that behavior that doesn't serve you. So for example, you have this experience and it scares you or frightens you or traumatizes you and you develop a behavior to address that. And so that the threat may be long gone. The person mm -hmm. who did it is dead or whatever, but the behavior persists because the subconscious mind is afraid of you know develop that behavior and that, that that's what keeps us stuck and over and over in that in that rut and so communing with your subconscious mind and communicating with the subconscious in a fashion that allows it to understand that that threat is gone and can you can let that go another good example oftentimes people migraines it's mm -hmm. it's the inner protector right so something terrible has happened in their life and they don't want to look at that so they create this thing over here and now their, their mind is focused on this migraine. And every time there's this stressful thing that reminds them of that thing that happened, they get a migraine. And, you know, Western medicine just, you know, they can look at constricted blood vessels. They can, you know, there's all, there's, they, they just look at the physiological aspect and rarely do they do the history and the, of the emotional experience. And so um, oftentimes what I do is I just allow the client to see it for what it is that inner protector was serving a purpose, be filled with gratitude. Thank you. You served a role. I understand that now. And I, I no longer need you. I, you. You're dismissed and with gratitude. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and oftentimes that the migraines go away. Right. Yeah. So, but if you push and resist and make a big deal about it, you're just giving it energy and it feeds that energy instead of be filled with gratitude and understand that it, it developed for a reason and it was there to protect you. So just one example. Yeah, that's a good one. And then a very powerful one, because even with uh, with habits, they're created, the brain create habits to protect us. Because as you said, imagine having to learn a bike every time you get on a bike or 
learn how to drive every time you get behind the wheels. That would take so much energy, so much time that the brain just autopilot or put it out to move it to the programming where you can um, use it, pull it whenever you need. I mean, it's done this way so we can be more efficient, so we can be more productive, so we can solve other problems <laughs> easier. And I agree with you that it, it's a double-edged sword because some of the programmings that are in there are actually backfiring in a way that is detrimental to our health. And I have to say, um, Norman, Western medicine does not really help very much, right? It just puts a band-aid over everything. Here's a pill. Take that for the rest of your life because it's a business, pharmaceutical. And there are few doctors who are looking at the holistic picture like you are. You know, right? They're just not just um, treating the symptoms, but looking at the root cause. And I guess that's what hypnotherapy does. Yeah, that's right. So there's um, most practitioners across modalities treat symptomatically. And I, I was taught that if you can ascertain, go for cause. Otherwise, it's just going to keep you, you play this game of whack-a-mole, right? So it, it pops up over here, pops up over here, like squeezing a balloon, you know, and, you know, oftentimes what we find is that there's such a crowded system, our healthcare system, there's not a lot of time. You just, they're, they're symptoms managers. That's all they do. Yeah. They manage symptoms instead of, you know, real deep seated healing, which comes from knowing the person. You have to, you have to know the person. So on one hand, we're all humans and we have such similar experiences. We think, you know, not to take anyone's individuality away from them, but I see patterns and I see them quickly. And people are amazed at how quickly I get to stuff. It's just, you know, and I just tell them, I hate to break it to you, but you're human, <laughs> right? So these are very human experiences, very human problems that are shared across the spectrum of humanity. And so it's not difficult to see. It just takes a little more time to get to know the person and their individual experience. They holding on to something because it's serving them in some way. Finally, mm-hmm. getting, learning to understand how are they being served by holding on to this. And if you just point it out to them, that there's a lot of aha moments for the, the moment of realization. And then on the other hand, some people resist. Oh boy, do they resist. And I can <laughs> see the resistance. You know, they, they come in and they want to pay the money and they want me to help them. And, and yet I'm really good at pushing past their defenses because I've seen it. You can spot resistance right away. So, you know what I do? I work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And on Saturdays too. So, you know, if you work hard all day, that's not a problem. I've got evening appointments. We're not going to let the schedule be the reason why you don't get the help you want. <laughs> that's right. No chicken out. Face your <laughs> demons. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, you know, the mind is a fascinating thing. I, I've, I've helped people live stuttering. I had a 77-year-old man who stuttered his whole life and he couldn't wait. And we lifted the stuttering. And for three months, he didn't stutter. And then he went back to stuttering and he said, I'm sorry, it's who I am. I can't. Uh I said, you don't have to apologize to me. You know, you know that you can anytime, but if you don't want to, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. Stutter on, brother. Yeah. (laughs) It's nice to find the underlying cause to address it so that it doesn't reoccur. And how people who you've been lucky to have people who are open to hypnotherapy and because people think, you know, they're going to be controlled by the mind. You're going to control me to do anything. I typically tell people, if I could control you, I would tell you to go rob a bank, give me 90% of it, keep 10. <laughs> and then we yeah. go about our business. <laughs> That's right. I'd have a, I'd have a date every night. <laughs> But that's 
not the case, right? Because you are no one can actually tell you what to do. The the stuff the brilliant mind is able to when in the trance, when in an alpha state, can it's like almost like you're borderline sleeping and awake, where it can recall the many things that you don't you can't try and do in when you're like in that creative state or you're on autopilot. So being in that trance does not mean you're out of control. It just means you're you're accessing something. What are we accessing, Norman? Well, the forever, it was largely seen as anecdotal, right? Mm-hmm. It was the power of the hypnotist and the, any gains that people made was anecdotal. It was not part of evidence-based medicine. But, but now we have technology and there are studies being done at Stanford, Dr. David Spiegel, and in the UK, where we know what's going on in the brain. Like the part of your brain that causes you to pay attention is kind of suspended. And so that's why people will get up on stage and do silly things for a moment. You don't care. Mm-hmm. You you, you, the part of you that that is always aware and self-conscious is kind of goes to sleep for a minute. And so what we're accessing is that deeper part of our mind that is associated with the dream world. And yeah. so when I put somebody into trance, often their eyes are in REM and Mm -hmm. they're in the dream world. And so images and metaphors and engaging their senses, I put them in the canoe and they're floating down the river and they smell the river smell and the sun is, uh, you know, warming their face and they look up and see the puffy cloud floating across the blue sky. And, you know, so you engage all their senses and they, you take them into the dream world and it allows them to see problems differently. It allows them to access memories in in a safe place because the law of opposites says you can't be relaxed and anxious at the same time. So I can take I can take them back to things that they blocked out, you know, through defense mechanisms and and I can take them back and have them see things and realize that it can no longer hurt them. And so that they can let go of anxiety and, and fear and these type of things. And so it's a the dream world. Yeah. And it's a safe place. So, you know, when you, you when you're dreaming, you slay dragons, you do all kinds of <laughs> great, crazy things. And that's what we're accessing. This is the dream world. Very nice. And in, at that state, you're more susceptible to suggestions, the power of words. So how powerful are the words like you, you started off and said we have to listen to ourselves because we're talking right we're constantly talking to ourselves um sometimes it's automatic negative thoughts they're like ants and other times we have to shift that to more powerful or affirmations or declaration to speak over our life and that's how we're gonna we can change it because that's how the brain was programmed to begin with right well that's right and it's really important that you be a reflective listener when you're doing hypnotherapy, there are times when I use scripts to achieve a certain thing like the inner child and, you know, connect connect people with their inner child and, and help them overcome some things that have been carrying around for a long time. But usually it's, it's best to take close notes and use the words that the people are using mm-hmm. because they're going to be more responsive to their words than mine. And So I take detailed session notes and I write down what they want to achieve and how they describe what it is they want to achieve. Because again, it's it's really important that you speak to them in ways that they will be responsive to. And 
because it's that inner world, right? And we live in a time when people want to externalize everything. He said, she said, the government, the Rona, it's, you know, taking responsibility for our stuff is the first step to empowerment. So what I always coach people along the lines of the Course in Miracles, that love is your birthright. It resides in your heart center. It's opposite is fear. Love gives rise to all positive emotions. Fear gives rise to all negative emotions. And so I, I show them how the things that they're experiencing are really a reflection of the fear in their heart space. And so that I have them come up with a picture, an image, or an icon that says love. And to keep that in their hip pocket figuratively and bring it into their heart space 40 times a day because we live in a fearful state. Right. Our society, our media, it comes at us, fear everywhere. And when you're walking around afraid, you're in hypnosis and you're highly suggestible. <laughs> so by training yourself to bring love into your heart space, you're driving out the fear because you can't have love and fear at the same time. You drive out the fear, you come from a place of love, and you see the world entirely differently. You're no longer highly suggestible to the world around you, and you're stop blaming everyone and everything for what's happened to you. You take responsibility for yourself, and you live inwardly directed instead of outwardly directed. That is good. That is very good. So how do we tie that in with morning routine? Let's talk about yours. You know, how do you get okay. up, dress up and show up? Yeah. So I was an analyst, a consultant, a lobbyist. I had this really powerful, overactive mind. And when I was in the cancer, it was not your friend because the walls begin to move in at 10 o'clock at night when there's no doctor to talk to and there's no, you know, and so I had a friend who had gotten out of politics and opened a yoga studio and she took me through therapeutic yoga for cancer and she taught me how to meditate. And it was really difficult at first to still my mind and shake the etch-a-sketch, you know, <laughs> you know little, mm -hmm. and just uh, clear that, clear that field. And, but it's the most powerful thing you can do. And you don't have to put your feet and body into any contortions or you just, just sit quiet and still. And see if you can get to 10 minutes. So every morning um, I do, I wake up, I do whatever I need to do. And then mm -hmm. I come back and I sit and I'm quiet and still. And I have, you know, meditative routines that I go through. I have some mantras sometimes and I, you know, I mix it up a little bit. But quiet stillness is the key because you see, we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts every day. And 90% of them are the same as they were yesterday. And so before, that avalanche of thoughts hits you. It's really important to be quiet and still and to clear your mind. Yeah. You know, prayer is when we talk to the divine. Meditation is when we get answers. Mm -hmm. so, so being quiet and still at the beginning of your day, every day, taking that time for you is going to help you be successful in so many different ways. Yeah. I, and all the analogies you use, you know, the, with the divine meditation is us listening. I've, I've mentioned them here before, but it's nice to hear it and confirmation that being still is the gateway to that subconscious mind, to reprogramming it, to actually interrupt the pattern. Right. That's right. 
Pattern interrupt. Yeah. Pattern interrupt is, is the goal with meditation. So um, that's important. And then you, you've changed it around a couple of times and sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, depending on what you need. But it's non-negotiable is what I'm hearing. Well, that's right. You show up for yourself every day. You see, because we get into these petition prayer patterns like, God, if you just get me out of this one, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. <laughs> well, yeah. do you show up for God every day or you just throw up a, a prayer when you're in trouble? And since God really resides right here. It's not some bearded white guy up in the clouds. <laughs> right? yeah. God resides in, in the hearts of all of us. We're all connected. We are all, we're all one. Mm-hmm. And so if you, in order to show up for God, you got to show up for yourself. And mm-hmm. I learned this from Carolyn Meese. She said, show up every day at 6 p.m. and light a candle and just sit and be still. I like to do it in the morning as I start my day. Right. But the point is, show up for yourself every day because here's what it does: it, it demonstrates that you're important enough. Mm, well put. Nothing gets between me and showing up for myself every day. It's powerful, and then I I, I can imagine having a, a God centered or um, God centered life where the motive or the objective is to serve. With love. <laughs> right. You imagine if we all did that. Yeah. I'm imagining. Yeah, what a different world it would be. Yeah. I mean, we all know about the Maharishi effect. When when large groups of people get together and meditate in certain areas, they can change the health. They can change the crime. They can, it's collective action. See, we grow up, we become a teenager, and our little personalities develop, and we become separate. Mm. And that therein lies the fallacy. It, we're not separate. We're all connected. You know, this whole social distancing was problematic because at six feet, I pick up your heart energy. That's where I begin to feel you. Right. Ever had somebody stand right behind you and you know they're there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. you feel. Oh, that you know they're looking at you? Yes. You, can, you can't even know what they're thinking, too. Yes, you can, because we're all connected. We're all one. Mm-hmm. And we forget this. It's when we move from the dual world and understand that love and hate are the same. They're on the same polarity. They're just one's more of and one's less of, and that we're all connected. We're all one. If you're walking down the street and have a bad thought about someone, just smack yourself. That's pretty much, you just did it to yourself. You're going to have some negative energetic, you know, reaction to that because he's you, she's you, I'm you. And by keeping, by believing ourselves to be separate, this is how we work ourselves into a corner and get into trouble. And we disconnect from our energy and our humanity and our connection to the collective consciousness. Destruction. And that's where disease arrives. That's where um, isolation, that's where depression, anxiety. Now it, it has room to uproot, it has room to grow. That's right. That is scary. Now, I haven't looked at it or thought of it that way, but that's a different <laughs> perspective to view it, that collective mass and, and how we are one. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all one. And, you know, we're, we're living through a historic time. I mean, all of this energy that we feel right now, we're moving from Pisces to Aquarius and from materialism and Newtonian mechanics to the quantum field and energy. 
it's from a conflict dual patriarchy to a feminine collective. It's an, it's an exciting time. The problem is we're in the transition period and it's not rainbows and unicorns. It's plate tectonics. <laughs> yeah. Old institutions are dying and our, our societies. We're in an amazing, incredible time, but we're at the front edge of it. So it's really scary because we don't know what's going to emerge. It's been nice to watch. I have to agree. Like, I think 2020, 2021 was like a pause button on, on it all to kind of get people to realize what is important. And those who are pulling their hair because they were isolated, couldn't go anywhere. Those are the ones who's always afraid and running away from themselves in silence. So it helped them um, understand that piece of it. So uh, your morning routine is, um, uh, thank you for sharing the meditation piece of it, non-negotiable. What about movement? What about uh, consumption, stimulating the mind? What are some of the things you do? Well, you know, I'm not as disciplined as I once was. I, I did uh, yoga sun salutations uh, for the longest time and I do them periodically. It's movement is important. Usually if I can just walk, yeah. uh, get out and, and walk and, and clear your mind, the pattern interrupt again, whether it's, whether it's quiet stillness or using movement, the, we get into these patterns of sleeping to the last minute, you know, shower, get, get, kids or whatever get yourself and get out the door rush through mm-hmm. traffic it's it's really not a healthy lifestyle and we you know we're trying to be as productive as we can uh, even in service right so i can rush <laughs> and get all frenetic and then and and then i arrive and i need to be prepared to serve someone and i'm not and i'm not fully you know sometimes i get into the office and i do another round of quiet stillness mm-hmm. just you know get brew a cup of tea prepare, look at my calendar, review the, the people who I'm going to see that day and just mm-hmm. get in the energy of reflection and stillness and service. Otherwise, I'm going to bring that other energy to each of the sessions, right? Yeah, that's true. And which means we're not going to get the best result. You know, so I have, you can't see my, my desk, my office here. I, I have lots of crystals. I'm Palo Santo. I've got, you know, I smudge periodically, just clearing energy and making sure I'm a clear vessel because spirit works through me. It's, it's, it's really, I, I just love that the, where I found myself and yeah. I, I'm truly feel blessed that I've, I've found every day I sit at my desk and I'm just, wow, I found my soul's purpose. I'm so it, might not have been this way. <laughs> I was a lobbyist, you know, I had to hold it like a whole different mindset, lifestyle. And, and my journey brought me here. And I'm so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful because it's, it's such a purposeful life. And I've understood my gifts in a way that I'm able to apply them now instead of just saying, well, what does it mean? Right. <laughs> you know? And so, so I just, I just need to clear myself, know myself and clear myself so that I can be a vessel for service. It is peaceful when you find your purpose, when you live in your purpose. Life is fulfilled. Life yeah. is fulfilling. Life has meaning. You're more present. 
Um, and I think that well, that's what we all strive to do. Even if it's turning a hobby into a business, like you, you know, you learned it and you become so good at it. You master your craft, but that is the purpose is to find your purpose is to live. We, we want everyone to live in this space of using their talents and their gifts and, and feeling this like innate joy and peace where you it, it's no problem for you to be grateful. It's no problem for you to be thankful. And that just gives you more things to be grateful for. It is itself perpetuating. It really is. And it's, but, you know, we live in a technical age and so many people want a complicated, complex and technical explanation for the things that are wrong in their lives. And I, it's a real struggle, but I, I'm persistent. I, I, I boil it down to the most simplified terms. Bring love into your heart space. Take responsibility for you. Control your inner world. The outer world is illusion. The notion that you can control the outer world is illusion, and it's only going to frustrate you. All you have control over is your inner world. And there's a space between action and reaction. And in that space lies your power. Because you get to decide what kind of human being you're going to show up as. And if you show up with love in your heart space, you're going to own your power. And if you show up with that reactionary stuff, you're going to leak your power. It's Well, that's a great summary. And I won't even touch that too much. But Jim Rohn said, you know, when you change, everything around you changes. That is exactly what, Norman, this is what you're talking about right here. I, I can't even summarize that. Tell us, where can we find you? How can we connect with you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, my website is my name, normanplotkin.com, and there you can learn all about my hypnotherapy offering. I'm on the socials, uh, you know, IG and Facebook, Norman Plotkin Inc. or Norman Plotkin CHT. Uh, I have a second website that's a little more fun. It's called Mastermind Master Life. It's dot uh, com, and it's the title of my second book. My first book was Take Charge of Your Cancer: The Seven Proven Steps to Healing and Recovery. And the, the second book is Mastermind, Master Life. They're both available on Amazon and in bookstores. And the second website, mastermindmasterlife.com is fun. I, I, I coach, I do writing coaching. I, I read, I'll do tarot readings for you, all kinds of fun stuff in addition to the hypnotherapy. What a fun conversation it's been. We learned how the subconscious mind is connected to our healing process He's healed himself using meditation and, you know, tapping into that powerful subconscious mind. And we talked about hypnotherapy and its benefit. Yeah, it's, you know, people think it's taboo, but it, it's designed. It's there. The subconscious mind is protecting us and good or bad. All that, we're the sum of all our habits, right? We're the sum of all our thoughts, essentially. So let's, let's be intentional. Let's be cognizant about those thoughts. Let's find out what they are. And Norman, you were pretty phenomenal helping us arrive at that solution. So thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. It's been a delight. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. <laughs>